Welcome back to yet another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. This is the trade deadline special. I guess it's special because it's Monday and not Thursday. Uh, I'm Andy from Pointless Exercise and Discipia. With me, as always, is Kyle. Kyle, how are we doing? Andy, doing good. And Sam. Hello. Hello, Andy. Good to be here. Sam, you, of course, could find at... uh, at Deadspin, and yes, again, Kyle, you can find hanging out somewhere in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Just say hi. Yeah, yes. All right. So it's uh, it, today was the trade deadline, and contrary to what I think a lot of people thought, at least a couple of weeks ago, things actually happened. This whole idea that you can't ship people around the country during a pandemic, right out the window, and the Cubs had some pretty obvious holes to fill and they're cramming players into those holes whether or not they're good players is a different discussion spoiler alert they're not uh so the uh the deadline maneuvering actually got uh started yesterday when the cubs acquired a guy i didn't know was still playing baseball and maybe he's not (laughs) A.J. Ramos, formerly of the Marlins and the Mets, who has not thrown a pitch since May of 2018. So, uh, what do you guys think we're going to get out of A.J. Ramos? Uh, the same thing we got out of three of the other relievers they've tried. Uh, Cody Allen, right? Was oh, that one right. they were going to try? I wonder when, when's Cody coming up? That should be any time yeah. now. So, you will not see A.J. Ramos. That is not a thing that will happen. I immediately thought of uh, Joel Peralta, maybe because I thought that's who it was. But then I remembered that Joel actually pitched for the 2016 Cubs for like a week. And then they said, that's enough. <laughs> I don't think AJ is going to get the week. So No, well, I would be surprised. To be fair to AJ, if he does not make a single appearance, he will probably still accumulate more value than a majority of the bullpen so far. Well, he'll have a much higher war than Kimbrel or, well, certainly Rex Brothers. Nobody's <laughs> going to catch Rex. <sighs> okay, so they got they got they picked Ramos up when the Dodgers went. Oh, AJ, are you are you still on the roster? <laughs> okay, that's thanks. That's enough. Um, then they made an actual trade for, uh, a guy that I've just never liked. Um, Jose Martinez, formerly of the Cardinals. And this is how bad the DH spot has been for the Cubs. It took me about 15 seconds to talk myself into it. Like, oh yeah, that's better. (laughs) That'll work. It's certainly better. He... Has a history of hitting very well against left-handed pitching, which is great, except he has not actually done it this year, which is not as great. Class's permanent form is temporary, Andy. That is true. Now, to be fair to Jose, the reason I don't like him is that he's 
weird looking and played for the Cardinals, which was a prerequisite. Yes. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine as long as the Cubs do not let him put a glove on for any reason. Um, I can't fathom they're going to let him put on a glove. Um, so, you know, maybe if someone just needs to get off their feet for a day. No, 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 no. No. Even then, no. He should not be allowed to bring one. <laughs> He's not allowed to borrow anybody's. He's not even allowed to play catch. Just you're either in the cage or you can hang out over there by the disconnected Gatorade machine. Uh, but that's it. No, no glove for you. I think you said, Andy, he, uh, what is it? He plays the outfield like he's got his glove on his head and he plays first base like he's using a frying pan. Like a frying he makes Steven Souza look like. Devon White. So, no. Just no. Well, here's the thing. If this were a normal... Well, if this were a normal season, we wouldn't worry about the DH position because there wouldn't be one. But... And I'm not saying that the Cubs brass is wrong here, but we've they've only played 34 games. So you wouldn't say after 34 games, oh my god, the Cubs DHs are terrible. And they're going to be terrible. Because you'd eventually assume that Contreras or Caratini or whoever else they've tried there would have, would sort of return to form. But there's only 26 games left, yep. so you can't really wait around, I guess. And I'm assuming Jose Martinez will end up costing them nothing. And by nothing, I mean Albert Almora. And so I guess it's fine, you know, if he returns to hitting lefties. Um you know, you're going to get Carazzini and Contreras in the lineup less because they won't obviously be in the lineup at the same time now. If that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. Um, I have, but I've never been a fan of Victor DHing. I think Victor is a really good second catcher. It's nice to have a switch hitter too that you can pinch hit once in a while. But he's he's not a terribly productive hitter. He's a really slow singles hitter. <laughs> he's kind of like Jose Martinez. <laughs> Yeah, but even but even slower. Even um, slower. Well, Jose has slug against lefties normally, just not this year. Um, Victor, we're about, Victor, game, Victor so. came into the season with thirty-four career extra base hits ever. Right, and that's not very many. No. Um, so Jose instead of him is I'm I'm cool with it, and they can still use the DH spot. Um, well, but that's, I mean, obviously, Jose's not so good. He needs to DH every day. So you can still use the DH spot to get Rizzo out of the, you know, to get Rizzo on the bench, although then you got to play Victor. Um, Bryant, he somebody. He might as well DH every day. Yeah, I guess he probably. I mean, what else are we holding on to here? they got to rest. There's still 26 games left in. Oh, wait, that's right. There's no reason to rest. But they got Jose right. for the low, low price of two players to be named later or cash. Now, on most teams, when you see players to be named later or cash, you could pretty much figure it's cash. With the Cubs, it's probably players. <laughs> 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 and the Ricketts and are like, okay, wait a minute. Now what? No, give them the people. The people, <laughs> the people, we don't have to pay them anymore. And then otherwise, we have to give them money and we have to pay the people. And we don't want to do either. So Right. Well, the cash the cash should be a little bit easier now, right? They could just sell a couple more ads on Marquee, right? Is that not how it works? Yes. Yeah, I want to talk yes. about I want to talk about deadline day Marquee 
because they oh, were God. they were in primo. Uh, they covered it like nobody's business. Like literally, they thought it was nobody's business. <laughs> so they didn't cover it at all. Um, okay. So they so, have Ryan Dempster reenact hanging out in Theo's office when he was trying to prove to him that no one wanted him. <laughs> He's over there playing Golden Tea. <laughs> right. Going, I want to play for the Dodgers. And they're like, all right, well, you can't the Dodgers the don't Dodgers. want you. You can't, <laughs> yeah, right. you can't go there. I don't want to go to Atlanta. It worked out fine for the Cubs, accidentally, but still. It did work out fine for the Cubs, accidentally. So then we get to today, and we're thinking, all right, if if nothing else, we need to do the, – they, they tried to address the DH spot, so that's good. There's two glaring weaknesses, and one is nobody to get a left-handed batter out. And Albert Elmora. Those are the two <laughs> glaring weaknesses. So first we started hearing rumors about the great Josh Osick from the Osich. Red Sox. Osich, whatever. I'm not going to bother to learn how to say it. It's, it's not going to be an issue. He's, he is left-handed. He hasn't been good for quite a while. And he thought, oh, God, they can do better than that. And then, they, then you heard rumors that it could be Andrew Chafin left-hander from the Diamondbacks, who has actually been good. However, not so much this year, and he's on the injured list with a bad finger on his pitching hand. It's like, okay, those are not great options. Probably shouldn't do either. What else is there? Oh, they did both. So, an interesting approach to... <laughs> we need a, we, it, the, it clearly came down to, we need a left-handed pitcher better than Kyle Ryan, which is pretty much every left-handed person in the world. And by that definition, they got two of those people. So congratulations, Theo. Um, they got them for the same deal. A player to name later or cash. Both guys. Um, once again, it should be cash. It'll likely be players. Although I would guess probably the Osage one at least has a, well, maybe Chafin too because he's injured, has a, if they, there's got to be some kind of like sliding compensation scale. If we have, if we dump the guy after a week, we give you this. If he finishes the season, we give you this. That's usually how it works. So, Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Chafin one, they don't owe anything if he never comes back from the IL. So the Jesse Crane trade. <laughs> The, we'll give I you this if he, the, I was, ladies and gentlemen I give you Jesse Crane <laughs> like oh he's he can't play alright well then we give you nothing because that's what you gave us you gave us Jesse Crane and he was nothing and you got nothing back um, so Chafin has already been made room for no sorry Osich has already been made room for Chafin is going to slide onto the injured list with uh, four weeks to go in the season, which seems great. Originally, I thought, okay, well, maybe he's got an option for next year, and this is kind of a long play for the Cubs because he's been good in the past. I know they've tried to get him before. He thought, all right, well, they just, they just took him. No, he's a free agent. So if he doesn't pitch, he's out in the wild like everybody else. Um, so it's it's just very interesting. Um Yes, but they get a they get a month to get him into Pitch Lab 2020. That that's true. And then and then they'll then they'll really see what they have. Yes, they when they get Osich in Pitch Lab 2020, it may very well tell them that he actually, uh, Josh, you're right-handed. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. Well, no, 
All right, we'll put the glove on the other hand. Look at this. This is great. So we really don't know what we're getting, if anything, out of Chafin. And we probably know what we're getting out of Osage. Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure somebody down there in the lab has convinced them that this they've got the they can apply the Wick brother technique to this guy. The Red Sox had him doing it all wrong. They're going to make this one little tweak, and boom! Here is prime of his career, Billy Wagner, coming flying out of that Cub bullpen. Billy Wagner, ironically, who was right-handed before he was left. Right-handed, yes, very true. Did he fall off his bike when he was a kid? Is that what he did? Broke his arm and learned yeah, how to Yeah, he fell off his bike, and he was so popular as a child that he learned to throw by chucking the baseball as far as he could, walking after it, and then chucking <laughs> it again because he had no one to catch with. Yeah. Played, played uh, fetch with himself. Yes, that's, exactly. That's great. <laughs> so then, a lot of weird those Astros teams. So then the deadline comes, and it goes, and you wait for. There's always a few little trades that, you know, pe- that trickle out. Last year it was um, the great, irreplaceable Nick Castellanos, who we found out about after the after the deadline. Uh, a couple of years ago, the Dodgers got you Darvish after the deadline. Um, did the Cubs get Cole Hamels? Was that one that was announced afterwards? No, he was, he was the day before. Okay. So anyway, and um, so this year, the Cubs got Cameron Mabin after the deadline. So very exciting. Another Tiger. Yes. Um, so it probably it'll probably have the exact same impact. He'll go nuts. <laughs> They'll miss the playoffs. <laughs> it's the same. It's going to be great. It's gonna, um, so I a couple of things happened in the Cubs. Tigers series that I think informed this deadline. The first one was Maven came in batting 188, only played in two of the three games, raised his OPS almost 200 points against Cub pitching, which made Theo and Jed go, oh, well, he's pretty good. It's like, no, he's that's your guys. He won't get to hit against your guys when you get him. Uh, the other thing that happened that I'm sure of was... Um, on the Wednesday night when Jason Hayward sat out and the rest of the team basically screwed him over by when he said, I think you guys should play. They went, okay. And they went out and played. Ian Happ had to fill in for him in right field. And Ian just made a complete mess of right field. I mean, and it was, you felt bad for him because it was like every like sinking line drive right at your shoe tops. you lucky to get like three of those in the whole season. He got them like within 10 minutes of each other and butchered every play. And you almost see Theo going, Hmm. I wonder, if, I wonder who has Jose Martinez. Because he was basically doing his Jose Martinez impression in right field. Right. So I honestly well, now think, that I know what it looked like. Yeah, it's like, ah, that's not that bad. It's like, well, that's pretty bad. Uh, and the Cubs actually traded an actual person for Cameron Maven. They traded infield prospect suspect, Zach Short. So there you go. Yeah. The... Cubs looked at the landscape and they looked at their roster and they said the best way to f- turn this team into a just from a playoff team to a World Series team, all we need: Jose Martinez, Andrew Chafin, Josh Osick, and Cameron Maben. Well, Andy, I'm going to have to step in here and uh, <laughs> I um, accept the fact that your tone usually sounds pretty. Uh, What's the word I want here? Uh, insincere. Irritating? <laughs> no, not irritating. That's not what I meant. 
Um, but you're there's there's always a certain level of sarcasm to whatever you're saying or writing. Yep. And that's part of the reason I feel honored to be on this podcast. <laughs> so, but I do have to ask, what is it you wanted them to do? Actually, that's the ironic thing. I think they did fine. Right. Okay. Then, because, because I actually I came into this going, look, all you have to do is get better than whatever you've got. You're using a DH, which they potentially did. You have to get somebody for the bullpen to try to get left-handers out who's not Kyle Ryan. They did it twice, maybe. Maybe. And you have to get somebody who you can actually put in late in the games who isn't Albert Almora, and they did that too. So Can Maven still play center, or is he going to have to be restricted to the corners? I can't imagine that he's – if it's just speed you're worried about, I can't imagine he's slower than Albert. No, no. I, so I, I would say, I'd say, yeah, he should be fine out there. I mean, he's not, yes, in his youth, he was, I don't know that he was an excellent defensive center fielder, but he covered a lot of ground. I'm sure he doesn't do that anymore. But um, but he's not playing at Tiger Stadium anymore either. That's true. Um, so maybe he's, um, um, maybe he's Austin I, Jackson these days. I, I tend to agree with you, although I am contradicting myself, which I do often. In that I don't – this is just not a season to me that you you go anywhere all in and on, all in on. Except for today I wrote about how much fun I think the Padres are yeah. by, by deciding, no, we are going to go all in on this. Except the Padres have such a stacked farm system that they can trade for all the people they trade for and keep their top five prospects. Yes, yes they, so, have, they have actual prospects and they're – other than a few lousy contracts of not even lot. Well, Eric Hosmer contract was lousy and everybody knew it. The, Hosmer's Ma- contract was lousy. the Manny Machado one, they just knew you had to pay that to get him. But other than that, he's, they still, don't, he's still good. Yeah. I mean, he's still very yeah. good. They just, other than that, they don't really have to pay anybody yet. So right. payroll is not really a concern of theirs, which is yeah. nice. But yes, yes, they, they clearly looked at it and said, we're good. And we might be able to steal a world series because the Dodgers, who are better than everybody else, could get run out of town with two bad days the first week of the playoffs, and then we're like, hey, you know, we're the best team in the National League now. That's That had to well, be but, part of their thinking. Well, they're doing what you said the Cubs should do, essentially. Yes. Because the way it's going to work out, they're not going to win the division, or it's highly unlikely they will win the division. So the best they can do is the four seed, which means even if they have to play the Dodgers – they will get them in a three of five, whereas we saw last year, silly things can happen. Um, I mean, silly things can happen in four of seven too, but they're, 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 there's a better chance of it in the divisional round. Now, I wouldn't necessarily pick the Padres to beat the Dodgers three out of five, but I certainly would not be surprised if it happened. Yeah, you, if you're the Padres, Especially you... now because you throw Clevenger, and then you get Yamay out there. Is it Yamay Lamet? Um. And they and let's say they just have great starts. Well, now you're now you're just a goofy nine innings away from beating them. Yeah, the earlier you, know? you get the Dodgers, the better, because the fewer times you have to beat them. Yes, so. but this is not a Padres podcast. Um, maybe it will be in the near future. <laughs> but oh, they scarred me for life. Yeah, you, you and my brother. I was ele- I was eleven years old, and I'll never <laughs> I will never forgive them. So so. 
I think what we can safely say what the Cubs did today is, is they've tried to just install a higher floor um, in that, like, their DH has sucked. So here's Jose Martinez, who's not great, nope. but we know what he is, yep. and he's going to give you 260 or whatever, you know. And, okay, we know Albert Almora might as well go up there with a pool noodle. So here's Cameron Mayview doing the off times he hasn't taken a bat. Like, we know he can be replacement level. So, and they've got, they've taken two spins at the wheel yep. to find one lefty who can remain upright for three outs. And even if those don't work, I mean, I just don't really buy into the, you got to have a left-handed pitcher. Just get good pitchers out there who get people out. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that they have enough of those. I'm sure we'll get into their bullpen usage this weekend because you and I were both quite quite taken back with it, everything they managed to do. It made no sense. None. Yeah. Um, so. In fact, they they fucked up Sunday twice. Mm-hmm. Or no, Saturday. Sunday was the big. Was the yeah. Big. Everybody hits two home runs day. Yeah. Um, game two, they botched it on two different occasions. Which I'd like to say their manager not being in the dugout, but that's, I feel like David Ross would have probably managed that the same way. Um, sadly. Yeah. And, and in 2020, there's no possible way to communicate from 60 feet away. What, <laughs> what you want, uh, Mike Napoli to do. So I, yeah, he, he doesn't get up for that. Um, so before we get to that, the left-handed reliever thing, this was something I, we, I noticed in the off season, and it wasn't just me. Another one of my Twitter followers noticed the same thing. The Cubs put out. This is how excited. Well, the off season lasted forever, so I guess they had lots of stuff they had to push out. They put out a Kyle Ryan highlight reel. They Why put would on, anyone they put want it, that? They put it on Twitter, and it was Kyle Ryan striking guys out. And it, when you watched it, one thing stuck out, which was you could always see the score bug. And every one of the strikeouts, the Cubs were either way ahead or way behind. And I noticed it, and one of the guys, one of the readers tweeted me and said, yeah, he's really good when they're way up or way behind. And so I went and looked it up, and he is um, he was amazing when the Cubs were either up by more than four or down by more than four. Any other time last year, even in a season where people are like, oh, Kyle Ryan was pretty good, he was bad. <laughs> and so this year, it's apparently they haven't had four-run leads or four-run deficits because he's just been bad. And so it, it's not his fault that he was the only left-hander in the bullpen, but it is his fault that he was no damn good so that they had to go out and try to find somebody. I don't know what... Uh, the great Bradwick. I don't know which of his body parts he strained most recently, but it certainly doesn't seem like he's uh, coming back anytime soon, which only accelerated their, not accelerated, whatever the word is. They had to do something, and this is what we got. Bad. Real bad. But I suppose any idiot can put together six weeks of Competence, so that's what they're that's what they're counting on. Don't even need. Well, yeah, I guess if you want to win some playoff games, you need six weeks. I think they'd like to win some playoff games. Otherwise, you only need four. And actually, to get in the playoffs, you need what two? 
to, for them to clinch a playoff spot, they need like a good 10 days. Yeah. There are only five teams in the National League over 500. So yeah. If, if the playoffs started today, which would be a big surprise to everybody. <laughs> Real bad. Three, <laughs> the three sub-500 teams are playoff bound. Exciting. Well, let me ask you this, Mr. Dolan. The Cubs are currently 20 and 14, yes? See. That is a 588 winning percentage, which tracks out to a 95 win pace. Essentially, that was the very top of what we thought this team could be when they hit spring training. Yeah. So, I can't really sit here and complain about anything. No, and it's 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 all in how they've done, how they've gotten that record. You know, they get out to the thirteen and three start. So then, With none of their good players being good. Yes. So then you think, all right, well, you know, if you just don't, if the ass doesn't fall out of the season, you're in good shape. And it, it, it as bad as they've, it's not even that. At time, it, some of these losses, they haven't even really played that poorly. They're really good at losing one-run games, which was, oh, a, which, was a, which I remember was a big thing during the Dusty era. They were also good at that then. Uh, and then the schedule has compiled. I've, I joked this morning in the newsletter that I've, it's my it's my version of the Bob Nightingale. The Cardinals have to play X amount of games in X amount of days. Part of the reason that you feel like the Cubs have been actually worse than they've been is that on the last 15 days they've played, they've lost 11 times because they split every freaking doubleheader that they play. And so even when they win, like on Saturday, they win game one, you're like, oh, well, that's pretty good. And then they blow game two and you're just pissed. <laughs> so that's also part of it. But yeah, they're, you know, and they play in a deeply Terrible flawed division. <laughs> division. In fact, that's the other thing I want to do right now. I'm going to run through quick because it doesn't take very long to run down the other trades in the NL Central. The only team that was really active were the Reds. Uh, they traded uh, the great Josh Van Meter and soap opera star Stuart Fairchild for Diamondbacks closer Archie Bradley who I think people think is really good because he was really, really good three years ago. And a high draft pick. Um, and has a funky beard. And then got a big That's hit fair. in the playoffs. Didn't he get a triple in a playoff game? Yes. Yeah. So that, that that And then they got uh, Brian Goodwin because God knows the Reds don't have enough outfielders. <laughs> um, for uh, Packy Naughton and a player named later. I would have kept Packy Naughton just because his name is Packy Naughton. Yes. The Brewers actually, well, theoretically, the Brewers subtracted. They traded uh, former Cub star David Phelps to the Phillies for three players to be named later. <laughs> three players. To be named. You get three players for David Phelps. That's uh, and his eighty-six mile an hour slider of death. I can't keep all the Brewers relievers straight in my head. This David Phelps is different than the Phelps who used to close for the White Sox. Well, this is the David Phelps and the Yankees. Who, this is the David Phelps who pitched for the Cubs last September. I don't remember him at all. Yeah, well, he made quite a he made quite an impression. Well, to, to his credit, to his credit, his value must have tripled in the last twelve months. The Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs got him for one double A rando. It took it took the it took the the Brewers got three for him. It took the Phillies three. So. That's to his credit, I guess. Very true. The uh, Pittsburgh uh, traded Jared Dyson 
to the White Sox for oh, for some reason international pool money. <laughs> and then the St. Louis Cardinals, they did nothing because teams were lining up to bring a Cardinal into their clubhouse. <laughs> right. Oh, please. Can we, can we please have one of your infectious players to come hang out in our clubhouse for a while? That would be great. <laughs> and then take a picture of it. Yeah, that's right. Stop licking the doorknobs. It's not funny. You know what happened to you last time. So the Cubs were the, even, you know, regardless of what you think of the quality of the guys they got, certainly quantity-wise, the Cubs were the most active team. Um. And there was some th- there was some talk that the Reds might trade everybody's uh, favorite, uh, most fascinating player, uh, Trevor Bauer. Mostly, I think because two, well, two reasons: he's free agent at the end of the season, and he's a dick, and I'm sure they're tired of having him around. Yeah, but he's just about worn out as welcome. At there. the same time, it's we probably should hold on to him for one more month and see if we can steal a playoff round or two, because the one thing we'll have is we'll have him. Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo going, and that might be something. Um, there was also a rumor, but it was a Bob Nightingale rumor, which I took a little more seriously than I should have, that the Brewers were shopping Josh Hader. Um, to me, it makes sense at some point that the Brewers are going to trade him just because he's a uh, Tommy John disease guy just waiting to happen. He's a burn hot and bright guy. Yes. And he's had two really weird he's in the process of a second really weird statistical season last year he only gave up 41 hits 15 of them were home runs yes this year he has yet to allow a hit in nine and two-thirds innings he's walked 10 guys yeah he walked 20 all season last year and five of those walks came on uh saturday night. yeah where are they um who are they playing the the Pirates. Yes. They, so he blew the save without giving up a hit. Came in for a clean inning and blew the save without giving up a hit. That's Craig Kimbrell quality You're stuff right. there. That's that's what that is. Make fun of us, will you? <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. So. so the Brewers really didn't do much. The Cardinals didn't do anything. Nobody cares about Pittsburgh. And nope. the Reds added a bullpen piece and a very superfluous outfielder. So. Oh, no. I hope they don't catch us. Which they will, because that's just what happens. Yeah, I think if anybody's going to catch them, it would be the Reds. I don't think anyone's going to catch them. i got to be don't. honest. I don't either. So, another thing that I that just boggled my mind as I was looking at the standings was that, you know, usually you're... Well, this is a hockey thing, thing right, Sam? You worry about games in hand. Yes. And baseball teams worry about it a little bit. Technically, the Cardinals have nine games in hand on the Cubs. Nine. But they're only scheduled to have seven. Because Major League Baseball didn't even bother to put a Tigers doubleheader back on their schedule. And it's holding out, if they need to, they would play it the day after the regular season. That's how ridiculous this cardinal schedule they still have seven doubleheaders to play in a month so they have seven doubleheaders to play out of how many games left do they have are they are they scheduled for 
They, have, what's they the have, number here? They well, some, yeah, they're supposed to have 35. They only have 33 scheduled. They have 33 scheduled, and 14 of those will be doubleheaders, right? Yep. yep. So if you say they split all of those because sweeping a doubleheader is not easy, I mean, they can, there's like, like they, they can only win like so many games. Like, it might, the record might say, like, they're three games back with all these games in hand with all those double headers. It's, it's not an advantage. No, no, it's not. Uh, unless they can, you know, sweep a good portion of those double headers, which I would simply not wager on. That's yeah. why I'm surprised Fangraphs has them right now at just over 60% to make the playoffs, which. Oh, make I mean, the playoffs fine. Right, but like I feel like that's just not taking into account the schedule part of it because I mean that's just a shitload of baseball. Yeah, I don't, think those, I don't think those formulas have a question. No, I was going to say right. the computer right. started smoking when they tried to yeah, type right. that in. Um, it's like I think you've entered some some the wrong numbers. Like no, trust us, these are the real ones. No, <sighs> does not compute. All right. Well, I have two things I'd like to ask or talk about, if that's okay. Absolutely. So I, fi- I was watching the Cubs this weekend, and I've dis- I finally discovered that because this season is so weird and isn't real and shouldn't be happening, that I don't really I don't really glean any joy from them winning and having a good record. It was kind of fun watching all the homers yesterday. I like I like it when Jason Hayward plays well because he just he seems like a genuine dude. Yes. So I like it when he plays well, especially now. But I don't really glean. Like, like if this were the middle of April, which it would be, or the end of April when you played 34 games, you know, and the Cubs were 2014, I'd, I'd be feeling okay. I'm like, all right, long way to go, but this is better than I expected. You know, let's get excited. I don't have that. And yet I still get upset when they lose. So I can't clean any of the joy from them playing well. But I will take all the misery from watching stuff like Saturday night when they throw Alzelay for, for just Alzelay for – just one inning, and then Kimbrel comes in. I still get upset, but I don't get the reverse of that. And I just wonder if that's just because for so long of our Cubs fan lives, I'm used to being upset. It's just like <laughs> the default position when I watch Cubs baseball is that I will be upset. Oh, I still when they win, I I grab the W flag and I run up and down the street in the subdivision, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, there he is, please." He's got pants on this time. That's good. No, the uh, yeah, the, 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 this the, time the doubleheader on on Saturday was uh, infuriating because you had the the U Darvish win. U Darvish being Trevor Bauer was a lot of fun. You didn't even pitch well. He didn't for pitch him, that great, but he still right. only gave up one run because he's good, really good. And they beat Bauer, and that was great. And they thought, all right, now you know what would be smart to do here: tell Alec Mills. Uh, you're not starting game two. We have Adbert. We got him for a reason. We brought him up to be the 29th dude. But we're just going to have him start. And then you can wait in the wings. And if we think we need your 65-mile-an-hour curveball for something, we'll bring you in. Um, they didn't do that. But then they did the next best thing, I thought, which was Alec didn't look so good, and they gave him a quick yank. Like, all right, that's enough. This shit's not getting any better. Here's Adbert. And Abbott comes in, and he has a you know he gets through his first inning, actually throwing like major league quality pitches. It was fun to see, especially and, compared to Alec Mills. And then they come back from commercial for the what the fourth inning, 
the fifth? I don't even I've lost track. And he's not there. Yeah. It's like why? You have your other starting you brought in the extra starting pitcher, and he comes in relatively early. Yes, it's a seven inning game, but he got through the inning just fine. Why is he not still in? Did we ever get an explanation as to why they thought Yes. Your bullpen is a crapshoot on its best day. Why make them get an extra inning or two? I mean, even if all you had done was gotten two out of him, it pushes everybody else back. And then you have options in the seventh. It isn't just, oh, Kimbrell's the only one left. We're going to have him do it. The other thing that infuriated me, I'll let you two talk about this because I'm just going to be over here and get infuriated, was <laughs> if, that, if, if you looked at it and said, all right, for the last two innings, we're going to have Kimbrell and we're going to have Wick. Why the order that they did it? It doesn't make any sense. If one of those two guys is going to blow up, it's Kimbrell. Have him pitch the sixth so you can get his ass out if he struggles. Instead, you save him for the seventh, and then the only thing he had left, he had Kyle Ryan warming up in the bullpen. Even the red, even whoever was left after David Bell got tossed is looking down there going, well, then i got to bring that guy in. We don't have to worry about that. No. It just didn't make any sense. No, it was bad. It's bad managing, and it was the kind of managing I was told it was not going to happen anymore. Um. And as you said, there's don't don't I'm not we can't use David Ross being ejected as an excuse because we know he's right down the tunnel. Yep. Um so yeah, I don't know why they're in such a hurry to use their bad relievers. Who they know are bad. Yeah. Um they have Azali here who who can be a multi they won't move Quintana into the rotation because they're like, no, we're gonna need a multi inning guy out of the pen. So they, they, they recognize the problem and they recognize the solution. They just don't want to use all the solutions they have. Uh, which, again, none of the joy, all of the frustration. Um, that and then, like I don't I, – I, I would hate to think that game's going to end up mattering. You know, you lose the division by one game or something. But, like, it just – it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, and – well, that's all I have to say about that. It was just so because they they just don't seem to have any idea what to do with Azali because like they didn't have him up early in the season. Like, well, we want to stretch him out and we don't want to just use him as a one inning guy. And then they stretch him out and they bring up and he's a one inning guy. Yep. And it it doesn't speak to an entire organization that has any idea what they're doing when it comes to pitchers. The well- I already get that with the Blackhawks. I don't need it, <laughs> Cubs. I don't. I don't need more of this continuing. We don't recognize that we're bad at this, so maybe we'll change things up. The willingness to go right back to Kimbrel after what was it? A week and a half of looking competent is that's the part that gets me. It's like he needs to show it for a, a stretch here before he's right. he's back in, in one run games. And I'll even give him more than competent. I actually thought he looked good. That doesn't mean yeah. he looked dominant, but he looked good. Yeah, but then you might yeah, say, well, you know what? Maybe he's just more comfortable in the seventh and eighth inning now. Maybe it's something about the ninth that just right. he just spooks him. So maybe we'll just use. Yep. Well, we're actually using the bullpen in the analytic way. And that Kimbrel's pitching the seventh, but he's facing the toughest part of the lineup or whatever. Um, but yeah, he certainly did not put enough of a stretch together where I was in a hurry to put him back in the ninth inning. 
I'm not in a hurry to put anyone in the ninth inning. I'm tired of the closer model right. to begin. Um, well, I, f- I feel like so that I, was infuriating. I feel like um, I did the, the, but I don't know. I guess I should just get used to it. I'm just, I'm just going to be frustrated and infuriated. And I'm going to turn into Dolan. Yeah. Well, good luck. I want that. I'm going to keep telling people, talk amongst yourself. I'm going to sit over here and be infuriated. <laughs> uh, you know, I did think out of the bullpen options, given the, the state of affairs with the left-handed thing they seem fixated on, um, I think we could end up looking back and realizing letting you throw left-handed on his <laughs> side days could be a better option than, than some of these guys, especially when Kyle Ryan's warming up in the ninth inning. I bet he could do it. I he probably um, could. I've ad- much worse. I've advocated for that for the other thing I wanted years. to ask the group is on Saturday, I-, I tweeted out that Javi Baez might as well go up to the plate blindfolded. So I'm serious about it. I'm actually serious about it because it's obvious that Javi is deciding before the pitch whether he's swinging or not. There's no recognition. There's no thinking. There's just I'm going to swing. Two and oh, I'm swinging. One and oh, I'm swinging. Or he's deciding he's not going to swing. Um, And then he takes a fastball right down the middle. So the at-bat boils down to whether or not the pitcher is going to find his bat for him. (laughs) So he can do that just as well blindfolded as he can with his eyes open. So let's just send him up there blindfolded, and I don't need to worry about it anymore. We can just just pretend, you know, we'll know why it's not working. He's blindfolded. (laughs) Well, why don't they try this? Kyle Kyle had said, why don't the Cubs use you as a left-handed reliever when he's in between starts, which I've advocated for for two years. Why don't, When they come back tomorrow, why don't they have Javi for that first game back just bat left-handed? Right. Just give him a That's game good. and say, you know what, buddy, just hit left-handed, have some fun. And then uh, Wednesday night, you go back to right-handed. It seems so, like the seems like this, this is the kind of out-of-the-box thinking that David Ross should be... <laughs> keen on well and then then as i mentioned to kyle when we were in the abyss uh the part of the podcast that no one will hear yes because my network died but 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 kyle and i heard it i I wonder if this isn't some of a deeper issue because i mentioned how the cubs had burned through hitting coaches even though we don't really think hitting coaches do all that much and every time they fire a hitting coach he would kind of hint at the fact like well no one listened to me and now it's becoming clear who's leading that list of hitters who don't listen to anyone else. Because we have Javi going up with no approach whatsoever. He's just going to be Javi. And if that doesn't work, he's going to be more Javi until it works. Chris Bryant only gets hitting instructions from his crazy dad. Yes. And those clearly the two top lists. Now we could talk about Wilson Contreras. We could talk about Anthony Rizzo. But those guys have produced enough where I'm going to kind of leave them alone. But at this point, Baez is beyond a slump. This is five weeks. This isn't a slump. This is a real problem. Well, and what has, what is the uh, consequences of his struggles been if you're Javi Baez? Do you play every day and the bat third every day? Right. No matter what, well, you, no matter how poorly did... you play, they just send you out the next day to do it. I mean, I thought this was the well, they kind need of his defense. Yes. Well, that's he. Why isn't he batting sixth or seventh? That's yeah, got to be coming, right? There's a way to go, all right, this, this shit you're doing is not working, and we can't have you hit third. Even though the whole team is hitting like you, you're doing <laughs> it most of all. 
You're the most heavy of all the hobbies. So you're going to hit seventh. And if you don't like it, well, tough shit. Maybe go up and actually react to a pitch. But right. for all this stuff, and I was as guilty of it as, well, I was, I was not as guilty as early as Theo. Theo could not take the victory lap quickly enough about his genius move to put make Ross the manager, and he's addressed all these things that have been stagnating forever when they were 13-3, and three, and almost from the minute Theo said it, it's all gone south. Because the fact of the matter is, is that Joe wasn't a moron. Joe had a very similar team to what Ross has, and this is how they play, because that's the team. And then I <laughs> fell into it with thinking that when he brought, you know, he basically made Wick the closer, and then he brought him into a big to a big moment in the seventh inning where the game was in the balance. I thought, all right, this guy gets it. We're going to use your best, you know, if right now he's your best reliever, we're going to use him in the biggest spot. That apparently wasn't true either. So I don't, if, if changing managers was going to fix all this stuff, they got a funny way of approaching it because they don't seem to address any of the things they're trying to fix ever. Also changing managers did not change their fucked up medical team. That's Here we are again. Chris Bryant playing on a wrist that won't bend or won't go straight. I don't know which it is, but I know it won't do whatever it is. Plays for a week. Can't do anything. They're like, oh, maybe we should get you a shot and sit you down. They get in the shot. They're like, oh, yeah, he'll be back Friday for the White Sox series. No problem. Well, we're a week later now. Well, are we sure they didn't mean the other White Sox series? (laughs) White Sox series, the one in September. The last three days of the season. We and told I'm running you out. I'm, I'm, I can't remember all the times where, like, some guy does something. We all go, hey, that looks like he's kind of hurt. Yep. He plays for another few days. They go, oh, yeah, we actually tested it today. He's going to sit for a week, and he's gone for, like, three weeks. Um, so it's obvious Bryant wasn't healthy ever nope. this season because he wouldn't have been that bad if he were. Yep. And yet he keeps playing. They don't. They won't sit him. And they did the same thing to Baez last year. They've done the same thing to Bryant three seasons in a row. Apparently, Anthony Rizzo's back is still made of graham crackers. <laughs> he'll be. He'll miss a few days somewhere in here. But you know what? It's a good thing that with this crack medical staff, one of your deadline acquisitions is a guy who's, who's hurt. already hurt. Sure, they'll shepherd him through. They'll look at him and go, "Oh, you seem fine." Why, why are you on the injured list? Come on. And then we'll find out that after his fourth appearance that his finger has literally fallen off. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we had a guy named Mordecai Brown, and he was actually better after we screwed him up. And uh, we accidentally put his hand in a thresher. And it, we thought we were putting – we didn't know what an x-ray machine was. It was the 20s. And we accidentally stuck it in a thresher, cut off two of his fingers. Guy's in the Hall of Fame. So you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I'm just I'm I'm just curious with Javi because there's there's obviously no way whoever the hitting coach is I don't even care anymore hasn't gone to him and said scale it down let's just try and get some singles to right field before we let it loose and as Kyle pointed out when we were in the abyss he kind of did that against the Tigers historically bad pitching staff and then he just assumed everything was okay and the Reds just tore him apart. Yeah. But not only was did he go hitless he looked utterly helpless that was like worse than 2014 because 2014 he would occasionally make contact a foul ball would happen from time to time he was missing pitches by feet against the reds 
And you're right. He's there's no way he should be batting third, even with Brian out of the lineup. It's like okay, we gotta. As you wrote today, yes, you're complaining Jason Hayward shouldn't bat sixth anymore, but now it's like no, he's kind of. Yep. They gotta move him up. Yeah, I was right. He shouldn't be in sixth. He should be in fifth or fourth. <laughs> right. <sighs> um, I mean, I think Ian Happ will probably stay in the leadoff spot for for good now. I don't think they're gonna move him back down to try this Brian thing again. Cause, oh, he absolutely should stay there. Um, and they could put Brian back in the three hole where he's been and been comfortable. So, well, he's. I think that's actually the easy solution to dropping Javi without it, like. That's assuming Chris Bryant's ever going to play again. All their talk was he'd be back tomorrow. Oh, sure he will. Because he took five at bats in South Bend today. Then he'll wake up tomorrow oh, with his hands. Those are real. Because those are real games. With his hand the size of a catcher's mitt, and go. I don't <laughs> think I'm ready yet. And they're like, oh, it looks good. No, no, that just means it's healing. That's right. good. You're fine. I can't feel my hand at all. Well, that's good. <laughs> it doesn't hurt now, right? That's stage two. Right. It doesn't hurt, so that's good. <sighs> I'd like to just. I'm surprised that. Um, I'm surprised the Cubs medical team is still working for the Cubs because I would have thought Todd Ricketts would have convinced Trump that they should be heading up the COVID response. Although maybe they are. Maybe they're just doing maybe it they in are. their... Yeah. Problem. I also would have thought Tom would have had them fired because we know he's broke now. Well, maybe that maybe that's what happened. Maybe they don't have a medical team. Maybe it's well, Todd. That wouldn't, explain, it's that wouldn't just, explain last year. It's Todd in a gown. <laughs> oh, hi. hi, Chris. Uh, see, nothing else. No, <laughs> knowing Todd... Uh, uh, doctor, that's the that's that's not the hand that I hurt. Oh, well, they're both fine then. You're good. <laughs> that's all I could assume. Anyway, those are my those are my Cubs questions, and I don't I don't know if it's any better or worse. Okay, so the, after their good. after their flurry of activity recently, they uh, they DFA'd the great Josh Fegley. Oh, glad they kept him around for whatever that reason yeah, what, was. What, what was that? Uh, he hit a home run one time when they were down ten to nothing. So that was great. Good um, for him. Hernan Perez also DFA'd. Great uh, cub, great cub history there. Albert Elmora sent off to the wilds of Indiana. Ian Miller DFA'd, but he wasn't on the twenty-eight man roster. He was on the 60, 40, whatever they call it. I don't even know anymore. Sent Adbert back. I guess they did that technically on Saturday. Which is stupid. Because he was the extra guy. Yeah, well, there's just so much quality in the bullpen. I can see why you don't need him. <laughs> and now it appears uh, it's clear that Tyler Chetwood will be going to the injured list. Probably for good. So they've created room for Cameron Mabin, Joss Osich, and Jose Martinez. And they have one extra spot, which... I'm sure they're holding just in case it's going to be Bryant. Um, but then they also have the impending return, because we've been clamoring for him so much, of Steven Souza. And so now when you look at their at their roster, they're, they're going to have to get rid of a relief pitcher. And there's plenty down there to get rid of. But if, if they don't, their only other play right now would be to send Nico to South Bend, which would just be asinine, especially the way Javi's going. You wouldn't have, you know, they're I, not gonna they're not gonna do that. No. So it comes down to, um, is poor little 
David Ross going to be able to get by with only a nine-man bullpen? <laughs> One would hope. So yeah, I'm 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 looking distinctly at. I've got the roster right here. Man, these are some names. Uh, I don't need Casey Sadler in my life. Honestly, I don't need Colin Ray in my life. Yeah. So there, there's some, you know, people keep telling me Dwayne Underwood is ju- is this close to being the guy out of the pen, and I'm like, what? Wh- how about wh- what's define this? I feel like I feel like this is doing a lot of work there. Yeah, because it's either it's either Sadler or Ray. It's probably one of those two. Otherwise, it would. Um, Tapera has pitched lousy, but he had at least a decent stretch before that. I don't know when you're ever going to find a spot where you actually want to pitch Kyle Ryan. Yeah, or the great, they can both go or and the get Alzali up here full time. Yes, or the great Dan Winkler. Um, I would guess, knowing this front office, that Ryan sticks no matter what. And maybe, maybe if if when Chafin, if he ever comes back, then they might go, all right. So the two lefties would be Osik and Chafin. Get excited. Uh, Pennant fever. You know, what if what if Kyle Ryan is a product of the pitch lab? What if the pitch lab is zigging when everyone else is zagging, and instead of going for velocity, they're actually having everyone throw 83, 84 <laughs> instead of 97? Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, a hip, it's hipster pitch lab, yeah. which would really make it pitch lab 2020. 2021, I'm sorry. So it's not... It's not that these guys have actually lost velocity. They the Cubs are just way ahead of the curve and are telling them to take miles an hour off their pitches. That's brilliant. It's going to revolutionize the game. Yeah, sure will. So the Cubs the Cubs fired a bunch of people on last Wednesday. Sure did. And how? Um, they apparently uh, did not fire the pitch lab. Which is no. what, that would have been my uh, suggestion for who you shove off of the boat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just this whole—I never was comfortable with the whole junk science aspect of it. And it's not that I'm—I think technology is bad, but they really oversold it. It all of a sudden went from you know this is something that we use in addition to conventional ways of analyzing pitchers and evaluating them to help us out. It all of a sudden became no 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 this is it this is the this is the future. And they get a couple of writers, one of whom I used to work with, to get very excited about it and write these ponderous seven thousand word stories about the pitch lab, and then you know it doesn't work. You shouldn't need a lab to tell a guy, hey, your curveball is pretty good. You should use it more. Yeah. Because other teams seem to be able to do that without a lab. Now, if it's, if you want to use it to be like, to get them in there and be like, hey, look, here's how much your spin rate on your curveball is. You know, this is how much more effective it is. That's fine. But they're using it for like everything. Yes. There was a great segment on. The very first show that Marquee showed, when they launched in spring training, they had this ridiculous hour-long, like, breezy, we're going to hit all of our talent. We're gonna, you're going to see Ryan Dempster and Rick Sutcliffe and Lou Pinella and all the guys we've, you know, some of those what guys a, we've never seen since. What a roster. One of the things that they did was they had this 
it was very telling. I laughed at it at the time. Um, they it was a quick shot of Sutcliffe, and I don't remember if there was anybody else. It was Sutcliffe, and then like um, Hadavi and somebody else, and it and Kyle Hendricks was throwing, and they had one of their fancy cameras on him. And so he's throwing, and they're like, ooh, you know, they're doing all the geeky stuff in the background. And they're talking about how wonderful it is. And you could tell, even Kyle Hendricks, Mr. Dartmouth, couldn't give two shits about what they were doing. <laughs> he was he was basically letting them humor themselves, but he had the look on his face of, I think I know what I'm doing. Right. So you can shove your fancy camera up your ass. But even Sutcliffe is like, ooh, of course, Sutcliffe. It's like, is that VHS or is that Beta? Like no, it's then. Thank you, Brian, also, for playing. Also, they get like they just feed him another drink. But I just remember thinking, if if from you know, it's like three weeks into spring training. I'm like, if that's the best clip they had of the pitch lab in action, man, this is some really stirring shit. <sighs> <laughs> so still waiting, still waiting. You know what? We haven't. I mean, they they furloughed a bunch of non-playing stuff, which is terrible. They should not do that. They certainly have the money. To pay all these people that yeah. they just don't want to, but we haven't even seen, you know, we haven't even seen the the true Ricketts yet. That'll come in the off season when they claim all their losses from this year, and they really start to cut things down. Yeah, because the way things are going, they ain't getting fans in April either. So, uh, it's gonna be heavy slash and burn time. I'm I'm almost excited for it just because it'll be so ridiculous. Yeah, and so you wonder who the teams are going to be that are going to actually take advantage of it. Because there's going to well, be... You know what? Well, the Dodgers, <laughs> the, Dodgers, right. the Dodgers and the Yankees are both like, all right, who you got? Right. Clearly the Padres will, 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 will listen. Yeah. This is funny. So when they when all the rumors started yesterday about the Padres, and they started making trades yesterday, I'm literally thinking, God, this is just like when they had that crazy general manager who never combed his hair. And then I thought... <laughs> Oh shit! He's it still is. there. It's still it's still, still, it's still AJ Preller. This is the guy who made all those moves. What like four years ago? 2015. And then they completely bailed on it and dumped them all. And then he's still around. He so, was allowed to pivot and start over. Yeah, but I it amused me oh, yeah. that I but this is this I, is definitely his natural state. Yes. Like what we saw today. Like this is him. This is AJ Preller. Like he did the the rebuild for five years so he could get back to this. Yeah, like no one was shocked that the the ridiculous seven-player trade in the middle of the pandemic was between A.J. Preller and Jerry DePoto. Right. That was, so if there was two guys, I'm surprised they could limit themselves to seven. <laughs> no, come on, let's do more. What's the biggest trade ever? Let's double it. Let's think, all right. <sighs> uh, so, DePoto's like, well, damn it, why did I already trade Vogelbach? We could have thrown him in. That would have been easy enough. <laughs> People really wanted the Cubs to bring him back. I don't know why. He's a perfect fit. Because uh, he's Cause he, he can't, all the time. Right, can't play a position. Bats left-handed. Can't hit. He's huge. Can't move. He would have been, would have been a speed upgrade from Elmore, at least. <laughs> hey, right. oh, pinch, oh, that's cold. That's cold. Pinch running for Albert Elmore. Dan Vogelbach. <laughs> I mean, if you think about like, so Albert got the start on... He started yesterday, right? When they they benched Javi and moved the lineup around a little bit, and they gave Albert a start. And he started one of the doubleheader games. 
He started the second one because he okay, didn't come the- through when they had the bases loaded. Yes. They only got the one run. And he had, he had like, the worst – well, I'd say the worst at bat ever, but he had an Elmora at bat. I mean, I, they terrible. all kind of looked like that. He had that. In Detroit, he had the indignity of he pinch ran for Schwarber and then didn't score from second <laughs> on a ball that almost went into the corner. And you're like, oh. And then he last week he lost against the White Sox. He lost the fly ball in the sky. I mean, it's not like it was the sun. It was. Right. It's like, all right, Albert, you're putting on display all the things that you can't do. And there's nothing else. You're not showing off. You know, it's. He basically, in the last 10 days, he made a perfect case for, I'm not a Major League Baseball player. He's and, not. And they had to give up on the sixth frickin' pick. In, the, in their first pick, their first bite at the apple was Albert. <sighs> because Corey Seager, too tall to play shortstop. <laughs> I want to give him... I'd like to give Almora some minimal uh, break in that it's clear that when he doesn't play every day, he comes in the lineup and he is trying to make everything happen at once because he feels like if he doesn't go three for four with nine total bases, he's going to sit again. But that's only 10% of this. He's been bad for many years now and and given every chance because – they come into spring training and they want him to be good. Yes. Yeah, There's they, no question they want him to be good. He's had far and more chances yeah. than he's deserved. And you know, it's not like it's not like fans don't like him. I like him. I'm seems like I, a decent dude. Yeah. So it's there's no like, oh he's a jerk or I'm glad that guy sucks. We all want him to be good. But evidence for years is that he's just not. And then we would go through the whole thing every spring. Albert's got a new approach. <laughs> but the new approach was always, all right, I'm just going to take some pitches. Well, that's not an approach. It's not just, okay, I'm, gonna take, I'm always going to take the first pitch. That's not an approach. You're just you're inviting being down 0-1 once they figure right. that out. The idea is you need to figure out what – part of his problem, and there have been other guys that have had this problem, was he almost – he could make contact on too many pitches. You know, he could reach stuff, and he, but he could never that he never advanced to the next step, which is okay. I can't make good contact on that, so I'm not going to swing at it. And so he just he was always his his legacy is always going to be hitting weak ground balls to the shortstop on the first or second pitch of an at bat. And Here's like some that, numbers for you on the the ground ball. So this is his ground ball percentage by year, starting in 2016. 43%, 49 percent 51%, 53%, 57%. Mm. The first his, number is too high. <laughs> like, right. the, <laughs> his, his OPS on those same five years, 763, 782, 701, 651, 465. <laughs> Man, that is... Doesn't take a hit lab to figure out the, the correlation on that one. And what is he, 25 now? 26? 26. Yeah, 26. So, I mean, so, I mean, this is what he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. I mean, it's not like he came up at 20. I mean, I guess it's, it's close to that, but 19 or 20. And, like, you're still like, well, well, he's not quite at his peak yet. So, there could still be, so he could still arrive. Like, no, this is, this is it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and he's he's so, also he doesn't fit into the late bloomer, the likely late bloomer thing, which is he's got a lot of tools and he hasn't figured out how to use them. He doesn't really have tools. Tools, no. <laughs> you know, he doesn't hit for power. He doesn't hit. He doesn't have speed. And he's not an explosive athlete. He's. I don't think he'll ever hit for average. His value was supposed to be. He's going to play an above average defensive center field, and he's going to learn how to harness his contact ability. Well, he did. He learned how to beat the ball into the ground better and better every year. He's like the, maybe they, you think you get him into the hit lab and go, okay, now the launch angle thing, Albert, you're doing it backwards. It's supposed to be up, not down. We're not, stop swinging like you're trying to cut firewood. He would have been great in like the Ty Cobb era, where the idea was to just hit everything onto the ground when guys were wearing gloves that were, you know, basically a leather napkin. And they couldn't field anything. Albert would have been an all-star back then. But All right. Well, here's a question that actually matters. And let me bring it back full circle. Because you wrote about this today, Andy. I did my reading. I hear that, yeah. Um, with the additions of Cameron Maven and Jose Martinez, can they get away from playing Jason Hayward against right-handers or left-handed pitching? They have to figure out. Well, no. I guess only if they're going to play Maven. You play Maven in center or right. I would imagine they'd start at right. Yeah, well, we, yeah we saw Ian happen right. I mean, I know that Comerica is ridiculous. It's like it's bad right field. Yes, but um, um, yeah. So it's it has to be Maven's going to play because as Hayward's offensive resurgence is in no small. Well, I mean, obviously some of it is just he's improved, but the other thing is he's just they're not wasting as many at bats on him against lefties. Which I think not only does he not help the team, I think that lack of success against them can't help his overall offense either. So the the less you play him against lefties and the more success he has against righties, the better overall he's going to play. So they have to, and they've had to play him recently without the great Steven Souza. They've had to get him a bat against lefties. He's still not hitting them. He's just crushing right-handers. So there's no good reason to ever give him an at-bat against a lefty, still. And Hap's actually been okay against left-handed pitching. I thought he was basically bad, but he's been okay. He, yeah. he hits three hundred. He doesn't. He strikes out hit. a lot against them, but he well, does well, enough. Going to happen. Does like enough that he, damage that it's worth letting him do it. And they don't have an option. That's the other part. In yeah. a in a perfect world, you wouldn't play him. Um, he wouldn't bat right-handed either. But you don't you don't live in that world. <laughs> This, you have the army. You don't have the army you wish to have. <laughs> like to quote a great man, Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> um, but hey, a one thirty-one winning runs created plus. That's weighted runs created plus. That's you take that, and that's what he's doing right-handed. So that's better than Jason Hayward. So yeah, I mean, I don't know that Cameron Maven is going to be great, but he'll be better than that. So they shouldn't have to play Jason Hayward against left-handed. They should not. Because you know there's going to be a playoff game where they're going to ha- they're just going to start him against a lefty, or they're going to bring a lefty in, and they're just going to leave him there. And it's just like, are you not paying attention? Yep. <laughs> have you not? Have we not seen this movie? And he's a respected veteran. You don't want to pinch it for a respected veteran. I get that. You know, it's kind of. But hey, he didn't want to be pinch it for to get a hit against the lefties more than once a month. So anyway, I'm. That's it. That's all I got. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about was Please. 
Marquis' coverage of the trade deadline today. Oh, yes. You said this was something special. Which was really good. So, uh, you know, trade deadline, I didn't know when they would have their special. Do you do the special? You've got all these guys. So you figure, oh, you bring in the great Sean Marshall and Ryan Sweeney, guys who most likely, they've been DFA'd on deadline day. They can they can talk about their experiences. I mean, Marshall got traded for Travis Wood. Hell, you could have both of them in studio, and they could have talked about it. Travis with his sleeveless suit, it would have been great. I was like, are they going to come on at 2 and then do the last hour plus the hour afterwards? Are they going to come on at 3? Um, when do you think they came on? Noon. Uh, they're going to come on tomorrow, an hour before <laughs> the game. They didn't do anything. They literally didn't devote a second to it. The 24-hour Cub Network showed a rerun of yesterday's game from 3 o'clock to 5.30. They did the stadium, which is that weird little show because Sinclair also owns Stadium Network. Um, so that little show. I'm sure they talked about the trade deadline for 48 seconds as part of the show. Then they had um, Let's Play 2. The most confusing name for a show ever, because I wondered yesterday, during, what's the two? Is it two hours long? No, it's 30 minutes. Is it highlights of the last two games? No, it's all week. There is no two. It, but it has an exclamation point in it, which is required for the network. Every one of their shows has to have an exclamation point, makes everything great. They had that. Then they had Cub Countdown, best third baseman of all time, which is a pretty short list for the Chicago Cubs. At least recently, so it's think, better. So what you're saying is their program is designed by Elaine Bennis. <laughs> and now they're right now. If you tune in, you get Harry Carey's last game, which isn't even really a thing. I no, mean, I it's terrible. Why you do it? But it's like we didn't know it was his last game at the time. It's not no. like it's not like we sent him off like Vin Scully. No, and my problem with it is. So supposedly they have access to the whole vault, right? Every Cub game, they got them all. You know the game I'd like to see? I'd like to see Harry's first game. That to me would be interesting. Right. Because he's still he's still prime Harry. Not right. drooling. Stroke you know. Harry. I mean, yeah. because before the stroke, that dude was he was awesome. I mean, there's a right. reason he is beloved in multiple cities. Because he was really good, but it seems like they only like, like I'm positive they some intern taped over all the games and they just don't have them. <laughs> That's what happened to the Tonight Show. They the all the all the Johnny Carson ones that were on film they threw away, and then when they started when they first moved out to California and they were do still doing the 90 minute show and they're doing it on tape, NBC was taping over them, so they don't have any of those. And then at some point Carson's like, uh, we should probably keep these, right? But it's like they never show any of the stuff you really want to see. They have like eight games that they just rotate through over and over again. And it's like, all right, none of this shit was that interesting in the first place. Why are we reliving it for the eighth time? And right. why is it that your first place team on trade deadline day made four trades? Well, I guess you killed yesterday. And you didn't talk about any of them. Well, and why can't you get Bruce Levine, your, your, your baseball insider, and his shorts and no socks? Um you know, well, that's another on, they, on the couch saying, "Here's what I'm hearing." Well, Bruce, they need to they need to announce what they've done to Bruce. Okay, because clearly they suspended him. Right but, for did, his for his yeah okay. yeah his wonderful uh, Hillary tweet a timely his wonderful Hillary <laughs> tweet. Good job to announce Ian Miller was being called up. <laughs> As yeah, one, I mean, what what a hot way to waste it, right? Yeah. You know, as one of my Twitter followers put it, if he had a cricket, this wouldn't have happened. 
or no, not a cricket. What is it? I ruined the joke. What's the stupid crickets that low rent um, cell phone thing? What's the one that you give grandparents because it has the big buttons on it? Anyways, I fucked it up. It was funny. <laughs> if you had, had a special dialing wand. Yes. Um, but neither the score or Marquis will say what they've done to Bruce. They've just he's just not around right now. I think they just drove out on ninety and then kind of just let him out of the car. He's at the they sent him they sent him to the alternate site. You're right. <laughs> you can drive Albert out there, Bruce, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, they not not one thing about the trade deadline. No, they didn't do anything. It's great. Cole Wright needed a day off. Taylor McGregor needed another day off. She didn't work Sunday. They had today off. So why? Why would your reporter need to be working on trade deadline day? Yeah, right. Uh, the other thing they did um, on Saturday was they literally, you know, you commented on the weird tourist video they did for Detroit during one of those games. Yeah. It was really strange. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Um, on, during the first game on Saturday, Len did a plug for Trevor Bauer's website. Like it was, it wasn't a live read, but it might as well have been. And Len's fascination with that asshole, I don't understand it at all. Trevor Bauer is a garbage human being. Yes. He's he's proven it over and over and over again. And how Len, who seems like you know a pretty rational, well-adjusted person, thinks he's fascinating and uses that word a lot. I just I don't get it. There's nothing fascinating about that See, asshole. No, at all. I well, I mean, I like Len, and I've he and I have talked on several occasions, and he's he's a very he, at least when you meet him, he's everything you kind of hope he is. He's very nice. He's very open. Very, you know, interested yeah, in he's you. A, he's a very nice a great guy. He bought, he bought oh. me and my wife dinner once. So there you uh, go. What I will say, though, is that Len is the type of guy who, if it's not baseball or music, he doesn't care. Or if he does care, he's not going to take any position. He's not going to take any position on it. So you can tell him that Trevor Bauer is a garbage human because he's done this, this, and this. But Len doesn't want to get into any politics. But that's fine. And, I, I, and I get that. That's fine. But why Why does he have to go the other way? I mean, that's one thing to just kind of realize, all right, Trevor seems like he might be kind of a turd. I'm not going to talk about how great he is. There's a huge difference there. Right. Well, because nothing matters outside of the baseball or music world. Well, in the baseball world, if you just are talking about just the baseball world, he is somewhat interesting in that he uses technology, although I don't think he knows how it works. I think he just likes telling people he uses technology. I mean, this is a guy who, like, sliced his thumb off working on a drum. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's really into analyzing himself, and he has his own Pitch Lab 2021. And, you know, Len's a, Len's a modern baseball thinker. He likes his analytics. He likes his technology. You know, he likes to at least mention it. So it feels like to Len, I would guess, and I'm speculating, of course, that he and Trevor Bauer, at least on that sense, are on the same side. They're allies in that and then trying to bring the game forward and, and introduce it to new stuff. So I think that's why he finds this. And the rest of the stuff, him actually being a misogynistic, dumbass asshole, yeah. none of that matters to him. I guess. This, isn't the, this isn't the first time that Len's like talked this way about guys who we know are jackasses because they happen to play baseball and they've done something in the baseball world that he finds interesting. Um, 
So, yeah. I, I think that's it. And I don't think Len's a bad person. No, I don't either. That's, in fact, that's, it's why it surprises me so much. There right. are certain and announcers I, who I would expect it from. Tom Brennan. Right. I would have expected Tom it from Tom. I, didn't, uh, I did not expect it from Len. You know, I don't even think Len is a raging Republican like Jim Deshays actually is. Um, but Jim Deshays also seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I don't think I don't think he if he even knows about the stuff that Trevor Bauer has done outside of baseball, it's just not something he thinks about. It's not even part of the equation. It's not even oh he's dismissing it because he plays baseball. It's just not. It's just not on his radar. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say. No, I can. It has to be it. I don't know. I don't know what else the. What other reason it could be? Right. I mean, some of it is being handicapped by being in the industry, but you know, like you, you know, you listen to the way they had to address all the Addison Russell stuff last year, and it was very walking on eggshells. You know, they they wouldn't really talk about anything that was actually happening. It was just well. It's a tough situation. Well, it's not really that tough. He's a dangerous asshole, and he can't be on the team anymore because of that. Yeah. Um, well, and they they had last Wednesday when all that stuff was going on. You know, you had the the NBA playoffs were shutting down. The WNBA playoffs were shutting down. The the Brewers of all teams decided. Even they took the moral high ground. They didn't play. Well, kind of close to it, but yes. Right. Like, but as I pointed out, 15 miles closer to it than the Cubs were. Right. Um, I missed the first inning of the game, and I don't know if they talked about it, but I know from then on they didn't. Yeah. And they even right had there. the terrible, tra- you know, Taylor McGregor. I, I, I'm just like, oh, I can't believe they're going to have Herbie the one who talks about it. Because they came back from commercial, and she goes, we would be remiss if on on this day we didn't talk about how it's National Dog Day. And we've got, people are tweeting in pictures of their dogs. And I just thought, you've got to be fucking kidding me. That's how she introduced that segment? Oh. That network is something else. Yeah. Well... Well, now see, this is where it comes in as being a Sinclair network. That's it has to be that was like, All right, we're just, guys, we're just not going to talk about this. Yeah, and that's fine. I didn't need I didn't need three and a half hours of social commentary uh, during a Cubs game. But you can't pretend it's not exactly. Happening. And I, I don't know. I, maybe they talked about it at the beginning, and then they just. But I don't think they did. But maybe I they doubt did. it because I know when they were not saying Hayward was back in the lineup on Friday, it was just kind of hey, he's back in the lineup. It's not why he was out of the lineup, right. what he had said before the game. They didn't even really address, you know, Hayward had a press conference where he told everyone, like, I told, I didn't want to play, but I told the guys yeah. they should play. I thought it was important they played. That's, I don't know, you know, I don't know what actually went on in there. I think he, like you said, asked the Cubs to be adults and make a decision for themselves. And they did. And they did. They made the wrong one. Yep. Which I think I didn't they. Watch, I couldn't bring myself to watch. To watch that game, I, I I didn't think I didn't think anybody should watch it because I don't think it should have happened. No, um, I mean it was very but, from what we know of Jason Hayward, it was very Jason Hayward of him to say he made his mind up and he basically did not want to be put in a position and he shouldn't of making the decision for everybody else. And he said, right. "You guys should play, do what you want with." The, and then that's their job then to go, you know what? We support you and what's going on, and we're not going to play. Instead, they went okay. 
<laughs> well, I, I think part of it is, and I, again, I'm just speculating, Jason Hayward doesn't want you to come in and say, I support you. Yes, that's exactly. What he wants yeah. you to say is, I support what you are stand, yeah. sitting down for, what you are not playing for today, what you are striking for. The idea isn't to back up Jason Hayward, because then you're essentially saying it's only his problem. Well, right. it's not. Right, and you've got Jeremy Jefferson, Dwayne Underwood going, uh, what about us? <laughs> right, what do we do? <laughs> we got the- so if you're a proper adult and you know – and you have any semblance of what is going on in the world. And Jason Hayward says, well, I'm sitting, you guys make your decision, and I think you should play. And you you say, well, Jason, I respect that, but we support the same cause that you do, and we don't think we should play today. So we're going to stand in unison with you, and to support you, but also to support this strike against racial injustice. Yeah, it would have been... It would have been very meaningful for them, given what he said, for them to have made the decision opposite of the one they made. Yeah. And they didn't do it. They played. And I think they regretted it immediately. I mean, yeah, just I think, yeah, I think, the impression I get is that they, if they had to do it over again, they would not have played. And that's not just because other teams didn't play. Like, it, it felt like they knew they screwed up, like, immediately. And I want to give them, a, again, a modicum of leeway because – they basically had like an hour and a half yeah. to decide what were we going to do. Yep. Um, it, it happened awfully fast. And, you know, they were probably already at Tiger Stadium when it came out that the Bucks weren't going to play. Like that yeah, was in what, fact, he didn't – Jason didn't so. ask out of the lineup until a half hour before the game. He was in full uniform. Right. He, was, he had started to get ready and went in. So, so they only had about a half hour to make the decision. So I'll give them a modicum of leeway in that trying to make a decision like that in real time is is hard to do. Yes. Um, but it was it was very disappointing. And then I mean I don't expect a Sinclair broadcast to make it the centerpiece of their broadcast. But you're right to have Taylor McGregor, who might as well be named Karen, who, who might as well be named Karen Karen, <laughs> to do National Dog. I mean that's. That's insulting. Like we know what Sinclair stands for, but now you're now you're not just ignoring it and hoping it goes away. You're you're belittling it. Yeah, and she clearly was unaware of. I mean, she <laughs> literally started with, "We would be remiss if we didn't talk about," and then it was National Dog Day. And and I mean, you can do your National Dog Day shtick. Hell, you might as well. You should lean into it, but not that way. Don't make right. it sound like you're about to talk about the huge issue that the world uh, that the that all of America is discussing at that moment, and then it's pictures of puppies. And I got four dogs. I you know I have no problem with the dog pictures. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's that's a producer's fault too because yeah. a producer's got to be like you know what this is going to make her look absolutely awful. You know what they should have done? They, have you ever seen where they do the? They show the text messages between her and the producer and how they come up with their segments. This is like a sponsored bit. I want to see that one. Yeah, which right. Is, Ooh, let's tease the dog thing and make it sound like we're going to talk about Kenosha. Oh, that's I, a great idea. Click, click, I click, also click, think click. Taylor writes all the tweets they put on the screen. Like, they come up with different names or whatever, but she just writes the tweets. She didn't write them all. Because I got one of mine made it on there once, so well, I guess, well, actually, no, mine was the post game show, right? Okay, where I said something sarcastic about them, which they decided I meant. 
Well, she can't work more than three hours a day. She can't do the post game show. Are you crazy? That's true. Yeah, I already told the story about a, <laughs> another writer walking into the stadium, and yeah, he was running late and was like, "Oh crap!" and looked down, and her press badge was still there, unclaimed. And he's like, <laughs> "Well, I guess I don't feel quite as bad as I did ten minutes ago." So. <laughs> the actual team employee <laughs> is still not showed up. So, all right, guys. Well, this was excellent, even with our little technical glitch in the middle. Yeah. You're going to actually have to do some editing. I know. So, let's see. Cubs are off three in Pittsburgh. Then they get another well-deserved day off. And then five in four days with the Cardinals. But that'll be it. That will be no more Cardinals. Oh, it's the best Cardinal season ever. It's only two series and both of them at Wrigley. Yeah. So, that's all right by me. They're still going to do that thing in the doubleheader where the Cardinals are at home, but they'll be wearing their gray jerseys. And they'll just bat last. And they'll just bat last. Because we can't possibly bring the the home jerseys. Or even, like, different tops or something. So the, the Mets... They're probably still soaking COVID. Right. The Mets and Yankees have um, had to do that a couple of times this year. And Howie Rose, who used to be the radio guy for the Mets, admitted he was watching the game at home... Um, when the Mets walked off the Yankees in the bottom, or in the, uh, yeah, walked off the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and didn't realize they'd won. <laughs> He's like, what are they doing? Oh, that's right, the game's over. <laughs> I was like, it's a little disorienting. Like, yes, yes, it is. Well, wait, a why couldn't the Yankees and Mets do that thing that they did years ago? Just yeah, they play could one just, Yankee Stadium, right, they hop just, on the train. And go play the other one at City Field. I mean, you know. Yep. It's just across the Triborough Bridge, basically. Like, oh, uh, well. Another time. Yep. There shouldn't even be that much traffic in New York. No one's going anywhere. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. All right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Try and do it first next week. Yep. Talk to you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys.